0: Are you who who
1: who who I'm Peter Townsend who am I well that's an interesting question I think everybody should ask themselves at one point in their life like who they are you know who are you what are you where have you been where are you and where you're going right so my name is Chris Novoselich and I live in uh, Seattle Washington and uh, I'm trying to have as much fun as possible
0: You love monks, don't you? You love chanting. You love monks, don't you, Chris? Because in your new film you've done, The Beauty Process, there's some monks there, aren't there? Well, I
1: don't know if I love monks, man. Um, Monks, yeah. Well, that's just kind of a... That was just an aesthetic consideration, you know, the whole monk uh, aesthetic. And uh, I should probably just go on this musing about monastic life and the mendicants and you know, uh, flogging yourself and depraving yourself and...
0: Well, you're looking very monkish now with the light and the hat, Chris.
1: Really? Yeah, this is my monk hat.
0: It's, um, I've uh, renounced uh, everything. When did you first meet L7? Because you're here in Vancouver to help promote your brand new movie, your directorial debut, whatever the word is, directorial debut. When did you first meet L7 the beauty process?
1: I met L7 kind of met him in 1988 or 89 in uh, Los Angeles and then uh, Nirvana did a tour of the UK with L7 back in uh, 1989. Nirvana was a headliner and L7 was the uh, opening band and they uh, they just came off a tour from the continent and um, the people who rented them their equipment said Nirvana wasn't supposed to use their equipment because of the reputation we had, so first thing I did is I walked up to the bass player um, uh, Jennifer at the time, and I said hey, can I borrow your bass amp? (laughs) and she lent it to me and in return you've made this movie well, down the road, you know, in 10 years it just kind of happened, in return yeah, you know, I was in Sweet 75 was opening for uh, L7 and I just brought this camera along and this film materialized, you know, it just kind of happened.
0: What's really interesting is Nirvana did pretty good through major labels. You did pretty good, but L7 and Sweet 75 haven't done as good through major labels well it's just like the crap wheel just uh i don't know what to tell you
1: i think there's a pretty long explanation and a analysis of the situation for the respective bands and it has to do with you know personalities and promotion and the mechanisms of the music industry and how those personalities and their access to promotions can make an impact on a band's career and uh but I don't know if we have the time for that kind of analysis. I had to have a chalkboard out or like a grease board with a grease pencil and have all these equations, you know, nirvana plus expectations plus Christ equals, you know, this or that. And it was just like, just, I could have a whole formula, like some kind of like, you know, math, physics, professor thing. I could have it all, you know, minus, you know, this equals, you know, where I go. I'm sitting right here talking to you in Vancouver today.
0: What were the expectations of Sweet 75? Like, why were, were you guys dropped from Geffen? Because I find it incredible, you know, thinking about your track record being in Nirvana. No, we're
1: not. We're, st- we're on Interscope Records now. We were on... Uh, Geffen, and now we're on Interscope, and um, I guess it's all—it's all mindset, really. And, and um, God, I don't know how I could even start. Like, shouldn't they be
0: taking care of you, Chris? How?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> That's a good question, and I've asked that question. But you know, like Geffen Records, that Sweet Seventy Five dealt with, doesn't exist anymore. So, what does that tell you, right?
0: How were l seven screwed by major labels?
1: You asked the right questions, the tough questions too and you 're not pitching any softballs. This is direct journalism at its best and i 'm commending you on it you know so how was l seven screwed l seven was screwed because i don 't know maybe it was something that had to do with gender and then if're if you 're in a, in a, a woman in rock you've got to be soft and and uh, and nice
0: and uh, because they were on a couple labels, and wasn't one of the labels they were on actually trying to sue them now? Like, they're trying to sue the label, but the label's trying to counter-sue them?
1: I haven't heard anything like that, and even if I did know about it, I think it'd be inappropriate to comment on it.
0: Was there any kind of, any kind of particular thing that you kind of learned from L7 when doing your film, The Broody Process, that you kind of revealed, you found out, you know, art and commerce, like, what? what was there anything that they said, perhaps, that, you know,
1: was new to you? Well, it was like a shared experience, and that's like in the end of the film is when the devil is there and the devil's laying it all out. It's a struggle between art and commerce, right? Because you've got to keep the plate on the table no matter how bad you feel. And, you know, songs make us laugh and they make us cry, but that stuff ain't got no place on the bottom line. And speaking of lines, you ladies signed on the dotted one, so that's about taking responsibility for what you did. You know, you signed on to the major label, you know, you went, this major, you went the mainstream route and it's a volatile world, you know, it's, it's, uh, some stuff hits and some stuff doesn't hit, you know, like Nirvana was, you know, I believe was a very quality band and it had a lot of mainstream appeal too and that's kind of a, that's what makes Nirvana so, uh, unique i think
0: and what about like people dave you know nirvana kind of is over and he's like next thing you know playing drums for tom petty
1: yeah god bless him you know i'm a tom petty fan and i'm sure there was a mutual respect there music musicmanship were
0: you jealous at all chris like did you have any offers from anybody to play with any i mean just ridiculous ones because i know eddie van halen didn't he once want to jam with nirvana
1: no um yeah well that's a whole other story Well, some people offered some stuff, but I don't know. I'm just kind of like a homegrown guy. Just going back to the whole uh, major trip is... um I don't know. It seems kind of draining. It seems, you know, it didn't... Look what happened to Nirvana. It didn't really work out for Nirvana, did it? And so why is it, should it work out for me in the, in the long run, right? Well, it's
0: nice you've been able to help out other bands and at least been able to make this movie, L7, The Beauty Process. What was the camera that you used for this movie? Was it like a sound, 8 millimeter one? Exactly, yeah. And I think L7 helped me... Like this
1: is film. This is film, right? Well, and to just go back on, on a statement you made, is L7 helped me make this film too because they, they've they got great music and they look great and they sound great and they've got good tunes and, you know, I love them to death. And so it was, you know, a collaboration as far as that goes. And the camera I use is just this old Super 8, millimeter film camera before video came along and kind of wiped all that whole scene out it was a sound super 8 camera and you can almost still get sound super 8 film but it's, it's kodak has discontinued it so it's pretty rare
0: yeah because can see a lot of people shooting in black and white no color um you know basically no sound but it's neat to see you actually using the sound eight millimeter camera
1: yeah, you know, and that's why a lot of the sound on the film is not as uh, as professional sounding as people are used to because of the sound quality of the microphone and the f- and you're getting a, putting a magnetic uh, signal on a piece of film, you know.
0: <laughs> who are your co-conspirators in murky Slough? And what is murky slew? Well, who are your co-conspirators on the movie? Who helped you out there? Like, there's some names like Adam Wade and Brian Brown.
1: Yeah, those guys were in the film. Adam Wade was drumming for Sweet 75 at the time. And um, Brian Brown, he's a singer in Bluebird, this band out of L.A. He's, Is that the
0: one with Chip and Tony Kinman? Are we, oh, Bluebird. Are, are they like a Revelation straight edge band?
1: No, they're not. They're kind of, they're a rock band. You Does he have
0: a girlfriend named Cecil
1: Seaskill. No, his girlfriend's Danita Sparks.
0: Oh, okay. Because I just remember there was a band called Bluebird from L.A., and I know this girl called Cecil, nerdy girl, and she said she married some guy because he was a Canadian and he was in a band called Bluebird. I think it was Bluebird. I was thinking of Blackbird. That was one of the bands. I was thinking of with Chip and Tony, but okay, you know, he was the drummer then.
1: Adam was a oh, drummer. Adam was the drummer. Okay. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> Brian Brown. Yeah, you know, they, I just approached them. I need a person in the film and. You know, you want to do the script. Everybody wants to make a film. Everybody wants to be in a film. And so that's what the beauty process is all about. You know, Aaron and I over there, we edited and dragged him into this whole... <laughs>
0: you know, you're wondering what Nirvana did. Well, I think you also helped destroy major labels in a way. You know, you actually did that, Chris.
1: How do you figure...
0: Well, you guys hit, and in a lot of bands, fell down. Like I remember Chris, where I was when I heard "Smells Like Teen Spirit" on Beach Avenue in Vancouver, B.C., Canada. My friend, actually, Paul, had driven all the way down to Cellophane Square in Bellingham and bought the single and played it on his radio show. And I remember exactly where I heard it. But I later on did an interview with Janie Lane of
1: Oh, Janie Lane of of uh, Poison. Of no, War. Wh- no, of uh, War. No, no, wait, War. Wait a War. Um, Chris? I know who that... um. Warrant. Cherry Pie. Yeah, Yeah. Warrant.
0: Janie Lane of Warrant. I'm like, Janie, do you know where you were when you heard Smells Like Teen Spirit? And he did, exactly. He was on Melrose Avenue driving there. And right after that, you know, pretty much they got dropped from a record label. So you've helped destroy record labels by being in Nirvana.
1: I don't think we destroyed record labels. I think what happened with Nirvana was that it kind of reinvigor—it did reinvigorate the music industry. And if you look at the the signing spree of the 90s, how
0: many bands do you know? I mean, it wasn't really a big deal for. Where's Paw? Remember that band Paw? I don't remember PAW. That's what I want to know. Where's PAW? They were like this big talked about thing. But I mean, Nirvana did pretty good, signed to major labels, and you helped destroy some major labels by like... I agree like, with you. I don't think we destroyed major labels. Oh, I mean, What I mean is it was funny. You brought these bands down. You helped bring these bands down. Here's the deal. In like 1917, in Russia, there was a
1: revolution, right? And the people who brainstormed that revolution fell to the wayside. Like Trotsky got an ice pick in his head. And, you know, Lenin, he dropped dead, right? And so who took over? It's like Joseph Stalin did.
0: But then they didn't have a CMC record company to bring them back from the grave because all those bands like Warrant and uh, oh. Slaughter all on CMC. They've had a chance to come back from the grave.
1: Yeah, or, well, yeah, or, you know, some
0: revolutionary out in the hill, up in the hills would be into, you know, how about you personally, like uh, I found it really interesting that like Duff, you had that kind of, why did you ever run in with Duff, like he's an ex-punker, wow. he was like in into fastbacks and the farts. We've made up. But like why would he ever want to do anything, like I would think he would be on your team though initially, you know when you had that little run in with him a few years ago.
1: We were both drunk. It was chemical abuse, substance abuse, it was the alcohol talking.
0: Did you ever see Kurt get beat up by anybody? Oh, totally. <laughs>
1: but I, I intervened. Yeah, I've been, you know, a few scraps, and I never saw him getting beat up because, you know, you don't. Nobody should just watch somebody get beat up because you should, even, no matter who it is, you should intervene and say, hey, we, you know, can't have this kind of violent situation. So.
0: I always thought it was fascinating that the Ramones played Aberdeen. Did you know anybody that actually saw the Ramones play Aberdeen? God, you know, I missed that show. I went. I saw uh,
1: Robin Trower in Aberdeen, but I missed... And I went and I brought my Bridge of Size record and he signed it. And he played that song, Bridge of Size. And, uh, but I missed the Ramones because that was way before my time. Do you know
0: anybody actually saw Ramones? Like, did they actually play Aberdeen? And why would they play there?
1: Well, you know, if somebody booked it Maybe sounded romantic, or they had a day off, or something like that, or they got a good guarantee. I don't know why they would do it. Why not do it? You know, there's people there. People want to rock out, and I know somebody who went through that show. Kurt Vanderhoof from the Lude and the Metal Church yeah Metal Church yeah what
0: about Chris Freeman from Pansy Division because he grew up he's the uh, bassist of Pansy Division he actually grew up in Aberdeen he might have been a bit older than you but do you ever come in contact with him or do you ever hear stories about Chris from Pansy Division because he grew up in Aberdeen too and he's in the ultimate queer core band Pansy Division who covered Smells Like Queer Spirit
1: yeah I remember I saw that single and I was I was pretty happy you know I was had my blessing and but um i probably recognize his face, you know.
0: Many would. And you are Chris Novoselic in Vancouver, promoting your brand new movie. Um, L7, uh, The Beauty Process, Live Tin. Which is playing this weekend here in Vancouver at the Blinding Light. Yeah. How I cra- agree with you. How crazy were you, Chris, when you lived in Tacoma? Did you party at the Goofy Goose? Did you get drunk? Let me
1: see. What are my old haunts in Tacoma? The Goofy Goose. Well, I went to, of course, I went to the uh, um, Java Jive. And then what was that uh, That old, there are a couple old bars downtown. I used to go there. Oh, the um, Flying Boots with the Spur Room. I used to haunt the Spur Room.
0: What about that Southern Fried Chicken place? Did you ever go there? Which one? It was like one of those great Southern Fried Chicken places in and- coma i don't think i was eating chicken back then do you remember the goofy goose because they had the great hamburgers there
1: i think so was that kind of down off of highway 99 there in that little valley the nally valley it smells like pickles
0: that's where that's where they were invented then Na- that's where that's amazing nally chips nally chips right well you were born in compton i was born in compton california like is this in like compton like straight out of compton compton yeah now chris how long did you live there
1: oh i don't know a few months my parents Live there, and uh, we moved to San Pedro, California, Mike Watt, and then we moved to Aberdeen, Washington, all these famous places.
0: And Yiva, is that how you say her name, Yiva Las Vegas? Yiva, yeah. She's from Compton, too, or she's from L.A.? Like, did your paths cross at all back then? Well,
1: kind of, no. She was in San Pedro for a while. She's from Caracas, Venezuela. Wow. Yeah, she's from Venezuela.
0: But she was living in L.A., too? Was she ever a... No, we never crossed paths until, like, 1994. Did she ever see Nirvana at all? I don't think so.
1: No, she never saw Nirvana.
0: When you threw your bass way high up in the air that time, how hurt did you get? Oh, I had a bloody face. Yeah. So I hit my head. This is on the MTV Music Awards or something like that, right? Right. And
1: I uh, hit my head, and I just kind of, like, walked off stage, and then everybody stared at me, and I was, like, bloody, and then... I walked in the bathroom and I think like boys to men or something like that were getting ready to go on and they're like oh my god what's wrong with you I'm like what and I look in the mirror and I'm like holy shit I was just like all bloody and then I put an ice pack on there and then some aid person came and gave me an ice pack and then I walk outside and there's Brian May from Queen With a glass of champagne And he hands it to me I'm like Oh hey How you doing So I'm sitting there With the ice pack Drinking champagne and Then Dave heard That I was in trouble And he's looking around all i like Where's Chris Where's Chris And he turns around The corner And I'm sitting there Having champagne With Brian May From Queen Right So that was a good deal
0: Oh I couldn't think Of a better ending For a story That's incredible Was Pat Smear jealous About that at all Because he loves Queen Did he ever get to meet Queen
1: No yeah He was Man Freddie Mercury Has, has had a big impact On Pat Smear's life Yeah
0: have you ever planned to do any more gigs with the Stinky Puffs? Uh, not really. How old is Simon now, anyway? He must be getting kind of old, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. With first son, right? No, uh, uh, stepson or something like that. Yeah. Because he did that little No More Recordings, or have you kept in contact with them at all? A little bit. The beauty process here playing in Vancouver is having its Canadian debut. You've been to Vancouver quite a few times before, haven't you? Didn't you um, also p- do a promo thing with Sweet 75 here in Vancouver?
1: Oh, yeah. We came up here and did some press, yeah.
0: And how was the Canadian tour, the to one you did before that with Nirvana? What do you remember about like Canada at all? What do, you remember? do you remember about Alberta or do you remember... Do, where did you go? Like, Do you remember anything about the, that tour?
1: Mm, I remember Toronto and... Uh montreal i remember in 1990 nirvana came up and played uh calgary or edmonton perhaps calgary and edmonton then vancouver and then uh victoria
0: do you remember anything about the gigs because there's all these people that claim they're at these gigs were they well attended or was they weren't very well attended
1: at all maybe the vancouver one i think we played at the uh uh aragon ballroom is it no, the well, there's the
0: Commodore Ballroom. Commodore
1: Ballroom, right, with the with the rubber floor. We played there, and uh, but there wasn't anybody in back. There's some Cock Rock band opened up, in Victoria. It was just some some bar. You know, I don't know what the heck we were doing there. What
0: do you- think of Canada Chris what do you think of Canada like a Canadian invented the V-chip a Canadian invented the V-chip because you're part of JamPack. JamPack. the V-chip what do you think about a Canadian inventory inventing the V-chip Chris
1: well first of all the V-chip I mean that's a that's a parental tool and the way the world works or the, art, the United States works if you're like 18 or younger you don't really have any rights you know and your parents should be responsible for their kids and so if they have, need a tool like the V-chip to monitor information coming into their home they can do whatever they want because it's their home but if it's my home you know I don't want somebody monitoring information coming into my home as far as Canada is concerned I think should just kind of capitulate to the united states you know it's just like what are you waiting for we're down there down south we got 50 states so we, you know these provinces come on down quebecois hey you have your trip go do your i'm just kidding no yeah Canada's fine i mean it's a beautiful country i love it it's uh, i've always had a good time in canada um i uh canada was bold in in uh Taking the initiative and adopting the metric system when the United States just couldn't get it together and,
0: and do that and uh, Canada also helped you mix your Nirvana Mish- Wishka album, Wishka Nishka album.
1: Wishka, that's right. We, we
0: did yeah. It. Tell me about that, Chris. that's quite interesting. Like Chris of Nirvana, Chris and Dave of Nirvana come up to Vancouver and mix in Brian Adams, Brian Adams' home studio. Who'd ever thought that Brian Adams and Nirvana would mix together?
1: Yeah, who would have ever thought, you know, and he's got this big waterbed, a round waterbed with a round uh, that rotates and these mirrors on the ceiling, pink champagne on ice. We're all just prisoners here of our own device, right? It's like the Hotel California over there. It was a party pad. No, actually, the place is a pretty cool studio. I mean, it's uh, we mixed with Andy Wallace and...
0: Was uh, that the guy that did Slayer? Yeah, he did Slayer and Sepultura. Did he tell you any good Slayer stories at all? Uh,
1: no, not really. We were, always, we were working pretty hard whenever we worked with Andy. And uh, he knew of the studio up here in Vancouver, and it was a good place to mix a record. And sure enough, it was a good place to mix a record. It was pretty mellow and secluded and quiet, so you can just kind of get down to business. And
0: did Brian ever drop by? Because I always thought that Brian, he'd almost be a good stand-in for Kurt, you know, on something like that. Because he's got the kind of, you know. What do you think, Chris?
1: No, Brian never stopped. He never. I think he was. He wasn't around. He was like doing some kind of tour or something. But yeah, I'd like to meet him one day. Yeah. Well,
0: speaking of stand-ins for Kurt, what's this I hear about Leaf Garrett and the Melvins getting together to do a version of "Smells Like Teen Spirit"? Oh my God, I never heard of it. Well, wonders Ever cease. Is that for real? It was in a Rocket magazine in a gossip column. I don't know if this is true or not, but Leaf Garrett is going to be singing lead on "Smells Like Teen Spirit" by the Melvins. Chris, I'm into it. Had they hinted they might be doing something like this? Well, wonders ever
1: cease. You know, that's just like... I never cease to be amazed. Just keep them coming. You know, just keep the wonders coming. That's all I got to say. Variety
0: adds a spice to
1: life, right? When
0: you hear something like Silverchair or the Goo Goo Dolls, does this make you cringe?
1: I ain't going to put anybody down, and I ain't going to judge anybody, you know? Teach their own. People are making music. That's what they want to do. A lot of people buy that music. They're into it. It's just like... What the heck. What the world needs now is love, sweet love.
0: No, one of the things that I have over here is something of kind of particular interest. One of my favorite artifacts from the grunge era, Chris, and you are Chris Novoselic, of Sweet 75 here in Vancouver promoting your movie, L7, The Beauty, Beauty Process, is this CD right here. Do you see what this says on it? This is called Grunge Live, and it says it has not been licensed by the artists or the record company. I love this. This is like a total Grunge-era relic.
1: Wow. And these these are like pirated right off the record?
0: I guess so. It's like this is a bootleg CD. It says this is an unlicensed recording of Grunge Live. This, it has been not licensed by the artist or the record company.
1: Well, there you go. It's a pirate or a bootleg information you know it's a commodity
0: what have, you, have you been you've been trying to stamp down on a few of the things like the MP3s and stuff like have you
1: I think MP3s are a good thing and it's uh I'm I'm really glad to see it it's a you know it's an interim technology and it's it works really good and but you know if you want to put your music out on mp3 you know knock yourself out just don't put my music out on mp3 see
0: have you talked to any of the meat puppets recently like i showed you that article earlier about chris i gotta read that but
1: yeah you know
0: or how about dylan have you seen dylan around at all
1: oh i know dylan
0: jesus christ dylan Dylan carlson dylan carlson or yeah i gotta see him or
1: mike from the fits mike yeah i saw mike he's doing pretty good He's uh, up in Seattle. He's like painting houses or something like that. Do you live in a haunted house, Chris? Totally. I'm haunted. You know, my own demons haunt me. It's what it is.
0: What particular makes it a haunted house? Is there any special little things? Sure, like the chains dragging across the
1: attic floor, creaky doors, the little moans in the middle
0: of the night. It's just, it's like archetypal. Is there any history behind it? Like it's an old house, like 1903?
1: There was a mass murder inside that house back in 1922, but it had to do with an air of the um, Colt 45, Colt pistols, and how they were um,
0: cursed by all the souls killed by a Colt. Firearms. Are you into remote control airplanes at all, Chris? Because in the beauty process, I got up here. In, in, in the beauty process, it looks like you're filming the sky. Is that remote control airplanes? Is that a neat hobby you have? What was that? Were you filming the sky? It looked like some airplane. That was an air show, somewhere back east. Yeah. Because it looked like kind of remote control airplanes. It thought it'd been like a neat hobby. You know some people. Some people have neat hobbies where they have remote control airplanes.
1: Yeah, teach your own, whatever yank's your crank, right? That's my motto. That's my philosophy.
0: When you guys covered Shocking Blue, like you did Love Buzz, right? Mm-hmm. I'm curious, how much money did Shocking Blue get? Because I heard when... Ask him. Did you know, but was it a lot, though? Because I, mean, I heard like when Green Day covered Who, they had to pay him
1: $500,000.
0: Ooh. Like, do it, I'm always curious. It cur- work like that. It doesn't work like that.
1: You got one more question?
0: Uh, Well, actually, this this winding up here with Chris Novoselic here in Vancouver, promoting the beauty process that is running Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Um, Chris, I was saying, what do you think is going on with Kosovo right now? What's going on in Kosovo? What do you think of that? This is Christiana Amanpour for CNN. Over here we have a refugee
1: crisis of immense magnitudes. Milosevic is in Belgrade, while Javier Solana in NATO is doing a total, but in Washington, D.C., the ministers are coming together to discuss the action of this great tragedy. This is Chris Novoselic live. I mean, that's just you know, it's, watch news. I mean, it's. What do you think? of Chris really do you going think on? She's biased. Christine Ammpor. I love her. I just use her as a as a as a reference. I have nothing against her or for her. I'm um, it's it, yeah, I'm ambiguous to her, but I, I was just using her because she's such a prominent personality in this thing. Have
0: you visited any of the towns? What towns? Any of the towns that are being affected in ethnic Albania? I haven't, I haven't no. But and you know what, I'm going to blow. Okay, well, thanks so much, Chris. Really appreciate oh, thank it. You. Thanks yeah. for your time. Keep on rocking in the free world. The free world. Uh, have you ever I met... i say that in Russian. Uh, Russian. Okay, that's right. Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Chris, uh, this is, um, has Chelsea Clinton ever come to any of your gigs before? She's have coming tonight, right? Have you ever met... Oh, do you think she could help make any difference with Sweet 75?
1: That's what we're looking to. We're just looking to make a difference. Because have you made a difference in your life, in your world?
0: <laughs> oh, Chris, and lastly, keep on rocking the free world. Chris, Novoselic, and do-do-do-do-do. do Dude. dude.